windows. The Bucks got all the right steps in Charleston. They now can try their slipper and see if it fits at the big ball. East Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys and girls. Perea lays it up. 1.4. Perea hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucks win. Nucky spotting for three. The place is going to erupt. Oh, Deuce Bellow. He's going to make Sports Center with an incredible. Jarvis Jones, the game winner, got it. Ball game. East Tennessee State's going to leave on another. They got him. If he catches it, it's over. Ball game. Touchdown, Jawan Stinson. 25 yards. J.J. German for the win. He got it. J.J. German and the Bucks have shocked the Bulldogs. And the sidekick. Say hello to my little friend. What's your name, man? I told you. It doesn't matter what your name is. You're handsome. You have the perfect amount of scruff. And you still have no talent. It's Sandos and the sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Well, if you're not fired up on this Monday morning, I think something's wrong with you. ETSU defeats the Chattanooga Mocs. It's a glorious day for me when any time that happens, and we'll talk about volleyball doing it as well. But ETSU victorious over the Chattanooga Mocs on the gridiron, 17-14. And you look at the standings, the Bucs with a half-game lead. They are 3-0 and for the first time since 1996 in league playing, a chance to win their fourth consecutive game in a row which hasn't happened since 1996. So a lot going on the line. ETSU used a little bit of offense early in the game, a lot of defense for the first three quarters, and then did just enough to hang on uh, to the win on Saturday night. Jay Sandos, Mike Gallagher, Sandos in the sidekick. Another great episode for you here on this Monday. And, Mike, it was really a tale of three quarters. Defense dominant for about, you know, really three quarters. All of a sudden, I thought Chattanooga did a good job to totally kind of change their game plan and uh, kind of dink and dunk a lot of slant routes, a lot of uh, middle in and digs, and, and try to combat the pressure that Nick Tiano was on the entirety of the game. He'd only been sacked twice coming into that contest. ETSU with five sacks, a couple of strip sack fumbles, and really put pressure on, on what was a very potent Chattanooga offense. I got to tell you, I was a bit worried late in the game. Uh, it started to unfold a little bit like the Furman game, except going the other way. Um, ETSU, of course, the big comeback two weeks ago behind Austin Herrings. Uh, resurrection and, and run onto the field and 23 straight points in the victory. And then you're up 17 nothing. And quite honestly to me, Jay, it seemed like they dominated the first two, three quarters. It didn't seem like Chattanooga um, had anything left coming that fourth quarter. And then all of a sudden they kind of awaken, start to get some urgency, realize that, <laughs> wow, we got 15 minutes left here down by 17 points it's a big task and they just ran out of time ETSU that big final stop and I think one of the key plays in the game you know there were a lot of them just much like there were against Furman anytime you're in a close game and you're going to pull an upset quote unquote I mean you're at home and uh, you know four and one or three and one going into the game now four and one but it is a ranked Chattanooga team uh, number 24 or 20 depending on which poll that you look at there's going to be a lot of plays that change the momentum change the flow but Marion Watson pins them deep there and a 30 yard punt I think it was a, a great call to uh, to punt it away. You know, you don't want to try what would have been, I believe, a 52-yard field goal. And I was kind of having flashbacks as well. I was like, well, J.J. German kicked a 52-yarder last year. Yeah, why not? There's going to be good symmetry here. But uh, in- instead, they decide to punt the ball. Shrewd move by Randy Sanders, uh, one that I commend because it's easy, especially as an offensive coach, right, to get greedy and say, I, I want to stick the nail in the coffin. I want to get this fourth down, or I want to kick the field goal uh, and make it a you know six-point game instead of a three-point game. And then they need a touchdown, need to go the length of the field. But Marion Watson proved Randy Sanders a profit there with the right decision. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's fourth and five. I, I think uh, I think it was me that speculated maybe Coach Sanders, the, the savvy uh, player or quarterback that he is, maybe try to draw him off sides because the Bucks really had not s- switched cadences up or anything and maybe situation. Of course, I think that's something that Tom Arthur would have had a conversation with his team, like, hey, make sure you don't do that. But I always feel like if it's fourth and five, I mean, or fourth and under five or exactly five, why not try to see what you can do? But then at that point in time, you know, if you kick a field goal, you're up six, right? Touchdown yep. still beats you, but at least you make them score a touchdown. The other thing is, obviously, if you miss the field goal, then that gives the ball at the 35-yard line, where if a punt goes in the end zone, it's at the 20. And then, of course, Marion Watts, as you mentioned, able to, to – uh, five. Yeah, just get them at the five-yard line. And I thought it was interesting post-game comments. Uh, Coach Sanders said that they worked on that. Yeah, absolutely, and he had some other general thoughts, and we'll get to the defensive side of the ball because I thought the very interesting thing about 
Chattanooga's offense and how things unfolded was those big plays that we talked about that we needed to watch out for in the course up front, right? It was don't get beat on big plays and who's going to win the battle up front is at the front seven versus that revamped Chattanooga offensive line. And clearly ETSU made some big plays in the secondary, which we'll hear from Coach Sanders on in a second. Up front, they clearly won the battle, five sacks as well. But just generally, Coach Sanders had this to say after the ball game. Incredible game. I, I, I thought we started with a lot of energy. I thought we started um, playing really inspired, and, and I thought I thought they tried to keep the energy and, and, and that energy and the enthusiasm and everything up throughout the game. Obviously, we, we were able to make a few plays offensively in the first quarter, I, I, first half, and I thought uh, Chattanooga did a phenomenal job of uh, making some corrections, but at the same time, second half, we, we didn't go out and play as well on offense as, as I would have hoped or as I would have liked. And we had some mistakes that we didn't necessarily have the first half. And obviously it's a great win, and I'm so I'm tickled to death. As excited as I am with the win, I'm still uh, uh, looking forward to getting to the point where um, we put those games away. Gosh, 17-14 oh, over Chattanooga, sitting here at 4-1, and 3-0 and oh in the conference. If you'd offered me this before the season started, uh, I would have had a hard time not taking it. I can promise you that. And it's a very interesting point. Some perspective there from Coach Sanders because I think he's always going to want more, right? I mean, he's used to being around a high level of football. Coaches are going to be perfectionists, right? They want everything to be as is. They want practice to look exactly like a game. Now, that's never going to be how it is, right? I mean, when the lights are on, there's 9,000 people here, another great crowd at William B. Green Junior Stadium, and you've got a rivalry game with the rail on the line. That's a lot to ask of your players. But uh, Coach, I think, certainly uh, is aware that coming into this year, especially talk about March and April and, you know, seeing some of the guys that he had and that realizing this is not where he's been before, that this is a pretty good start to this season. I think when you – anytime you have a coach that, that, that steps down, I think that was something, you know, Coach Forbes had, had talked about too. I even had been at the, the JUCO level, but, you know, being at Wichita State previously right before he came to ETSU, it took him a while to realize that he's somewhere in between there, between Northwest Florida, he's in between Wichita State. He certainly didn't have the guys he had at Tennessee – uh, and, and you could argue he even had better players at Wichita State than he had at Tennessee. But I, I think it, it takes a while. You know, Coach Sanders asks certain things of certain players because he's used to an SEC or an ACC-type athlete and just not there yet. The other thing is, is you know, again, putting in a new system, everything that goes into that. Um, you know, I, I don't know which offensive bite you're going to go with, but he certainly talked about communication is still not there between the, the receivers and the quarterbacks and – and even alignment on a screen pass. So there's certain things that he still wants to get. And I think, you know, he watched all the game film from the previous year of his team. And, you know, he wasn't sure what was he going to get out of these players, you know, when he changed it. Is the line going to be able to protect, which I think they've done a great job. Are we going to be able to get a running game, which he had. So there's several things I think going into it. He probably had preconceived notions of, man, if we can just survive and get four or five wins next year, th that'll be awesome. And then all of a sudden, everyone's picking up a little better. Uh, the team's won some tight ball games. That's usually, you know, we've talked about this a lot on air. That usually depends on what kind of year you have. Do you win the tight ones? Because, you know, you may have a, a, a win or two, it's a blowout. You may have a couple losses, that's a blowout. And then you're, the, the other five, six games are going to be, you know, maybe a one-possession, ten-point ball game that, that a couple players here and Aaron can determine it. And if you can win those, which the Bucks have won three of those now. By a combined eight points. So now that you've won three of them, that certainly you could be staring, right, one and four in the face, but instead you're, you're four and one and in great spot uh, coming into homecoming against Gardner-Webb before you have two crucial road SOCON games. Yeah, and I think that we've kind of heard from Coach Sanders. He's not hiding from the fact that he believes that this team just doesn't have those huge playmakers, those athletes, and that's something he talks about every week on the coaches show and in the press conference. And where this team is lacking, he says, hey, we've got a great defense, you know, we've got a couple of quarterbacks, we've got some playmakers in the backfield, but we're missing the playmakers on the outside. Uh, and so Coach Sanders is very aware of that, and so to have this team at four and one and three and zero right now in the Southern Conference for you know the first time for each of those numbers in 20 years or more is very impressive. I think he's hit that right on the head. At least he appreciates that side of it. Okay, defensively, and this is a longer bite, but I think towards the end he really touches on the key aspect for me. He also had some different things he wanted to go after in the post game. I thought Billy did a phenomenal job. Steve Brown and Colin Zupu and Daryl Dane and Dylan Wellen did a great job with. Uh, the defensive game plan, we're pretty good on defense. You know, that, that's one thing. And our defensive line kind of anchors that group. you got uh, 
Nasir Player, you got uh, Tremont Farrell, you got Chris Boyer, you got Jason Montefacqua. Very disruptive guys. They disrupted us all fall camp, so I'm glad to see them disrupting other people too. You know, the linebackers with Bachrath, Weigel, Folks, um, uh, Yancey, what he's doing, phenomenal. We, we were definitely able to affect Nick tonight with our pass rush, and, and there were a whole lot, uh, whole lot of times that he was throwing that thing before he got sacked or did a good job of getting it out of his hand to avoid sacks. And, you know, anytime you can affect the quarterback, make him get off the spot, it disrupts the timing of what's going on, and we, we were able to do that. And at the same time, our secondary did a, did a phenomenal job in coverage. So that last little bit seemed like the big difference to me this week, Jay. And from your radio call, what I was able to glean from it was there were a number of plays that were kind of bang, bang over the top where they could have gone one way or another, and a defensive back made an incredible play to make sure that those big chunks that they've gotten all year long weren't picked up. And you even look at their scoring drives. 14 plays, 72 yards. 14 plays, 73 yards. They had to earn every inch on the field. I think that's the big thing is they, they have been very good, they being Chattanooga, very good at, at the home run ball and getting a big chunk play down the field. And my goodness, they thought they saw something on film because, I mean, I, I thought they would run the ball a little bit more with Price early because play action is such a part of their game. And if you saw the Furman game, you know, and if you saw a, a little bit of the Tennessee game, play action was, was deadly uh, to the ETSU secondary. And the fact that they didn't really use play action a lot because they never really went to the run. They were just catching the ball, you know, uh, in shotgun, maybe taking an extra step back, wait you know, two and a half, three seconds, throw it as far as you can down the field and let your playmakers go make plays. But the problem is they, they didn't get that three seconds, right? They only had about a second and a half, and that's easier to defend as a defensive back. That certainly helped out. But I think when it they were able to, to try to make a throw, the, the one play I, I keep coming back to in my mind, into the third quarter, and, and Tiano's having to throw one, by the way, through a 45-yard strike off his back foot getting hit at the waist mm. uh, from my right to left. And Tyree Robinson, but because he threw off his back foot, there wasn't a lot on the ball. Mm -hmm. And Tyree Robinson's able to make up 10 yards and make a great leaping deflection to knock the ball down. And that's something we haven't seen uh, in years past. But, again, it, it all meshes, right? Sometimes it's very easy. Man, the secondary is just getting torched. Well, yeah, if a quarterback stands back three, four seconds, and <laughs> it, it can happen, right? Yeah. It's difficult. We, we've seen that a, a lot of football if you watch every it. Every aspect affects every other aspect. It, it's very tough, but once the, the, the line and the linebackers and the, and the blitz, and, I mean, you know, Jared Folks, if you look at the stat sheet, doesn't really shine as much as some other guys. But I promise you he had about five quarterback hurries that, that Tiana – Tiana was tired of not only – uh, having to see 31, but I think he was tired of him yapping at him every time he had to stand <laughs> up because folks was letting him have it every single time. And it was a, it was a, a valiant defensive effort, I think, for the first time where all aspects of the defense kind of worked together. The only breakdown that I can think of that was a, a pretty bad breakdown was the touchdown, uh, three-yard touchdown pass where Nunley literally was in the back of the end zone and he caught it right at the goalpost. And there was a guy standing at the front of the B and the front of the S and Bucks, and, and they were they were seven to ten yards away <laughs> from him each. I mean, it, it, he couldn't have been more wide. But other than that, that was really, I think, the only major breakdown. I mean, it was a couple of penalties here and there. But other than that, uh, considering all the, the hits on the quarterback, the pass breakups, I think they had, and the forced fumbles, I think they had to be very pleased uh, with that effort. And, and really, they needed that type of game. Uh, to be dominant for uh, an entire game. And the thing about this, you know, a lot of people, ah, it was kind of fizzling at the end, but you look at the stat sheet, it was 83 plays. It's the second time they played 80 plays. I mean, you just can't do 83 that. 83 snaps, I think it was. Yeah, it's the and then VMI had 86, even though ETSU four. Think about that. ETSU four, six turnovers, and VMI still had 86 snaps. Chattanooga had three turnovers and still had 83 snaps. That's, that's something the offense is going to have to – to come around on and and help out, and in the second half, forty nine snaps. That's a. I mean, almost, sometimes if you can, uh, if you can keep a team normally to about fifty five, sixty, that that's sort of the perfect game for a defense, right? Well, they almost had a perfect game in the second half, Chattanooga did with the number of plays, and you could see it. And honestly, uh, just being truthful, if the game was probably four minutes longer, it may have ended up a little different. We we don't know. Uh, how that would play out, and you know, that's right, game, sixty minutes. That's baby. right. The game is not sixty-four minutes. The game Woo! is sixty minutes, and ETSU with a phenomenal finish. Did you think that was because we hear it every week? Coaches, people around the program saying, you know, Tyree Robinson's going to be really good. Do you think that was his breakout game? I'm going to ask Coach Sanders oh, that later goodness. too. Yes, yes. I think uh, 
I think we saw glimpses of what he could do as a true freshman last year. That was Billy Taylor even even said so much like, "Look, we've just made a decision. He's the safety of the future. We're going to take our lumps this year." And man, he got torched a lot last year. And they just said, "This is a great learning. He'll start to figure it out. The more reps he gets, the more he sees." And then we saw him have a great Mars Hill game, and, and he should have because ETSU should be better at Mars Hill. Tennessee game is a little banged up, which he didn't even get to play in the VMI game, and. Last game he was still, I thought, a little stiff. But but this game, man, if that's him at 100% healthy, I'll, I'll take that all day long with a couple more years back there roaming at safety. Well, Jay, the Bucks are still undefeated in the Southern Conference, and Randy Sanders is still undefeated on the mic. Yes, we've been waiting. Here it is. Let's go. It's big boy football. We're not playing touchy Philly. Everybody be happy, you know, football anymore. Let's go. I'll carry that rail myself, 100-something pounds, but I'll put that thing under one arm and get it in the trophy case, I promise you. I'll have enough energy and enthusiasm going to uh, manage that. Let's go. I'd have that goalpost thrown over my shoulder coming back up the interstate, probably naked with the thing on my shoulder. Let's go. I thought I was going to have a coronary down here on the sideline on offense. Let's go. I'm an old fat guy, and I'm sitting here fighting cramps right now and walking up and down that sideline. Let's go. I was sitting here looking at chicken wings and tater tots. Let's go. I'm not supposed to say that. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. All right. So this is the Randy Sanders montage. Let's go. Randy Sanders has been absolutely uh, – Jacob, you can stop because we're going to have two more that we're going to see if we're going to add to the montage. Here's how it works. You're not going to know when this is coming. And much like just now, I'm not even going to set it up. The producer back in the studio, either Jacob Townsend or Trey Adams, whatever day Randy happens to say something, the day after when we have the soundbite, we're going to play the soundbite and see if they should be added to the montage. And that gong sh- shot that from is from the Goldberg theme. You and me are both big professional wrestling guys. He was kind of the GOAT, right? He was yeah. he went like $5 million and oh, never lost. Randy Sanders is the goat of sound bites. He's the most inconsistently incredible quote. Like, he will say all the right things and then slip one in on you. And you know I listen to probably way too much Randy Sanders sound bites you know, every week. I have to cut up the Monday press conference, the coaches show on Wednesdays, doing the pregame interview. Uh, post-game interview. Post-game interview. <laughs> I mean, it's about, you know, three or four hours of Randy Sanders sound. It's almost like you're dating at some point. You talk to him so much. I may ask him that in the press conference. Would you like to go? Oh, yeah, there, we go. there we go. Good call, Jacob. That may be going over the top. I may ask him that in the press conference. Where would you like to go for our dinner on Monday yeah, night? Sure. Uh, but so the Randy Sanders montage, it'll hit you with the gong shot, and then it'll just unfold as it just did. So Jacob Towns is back in studio. We have two sound bites this week, and they're both from the post game uh, that we are considering to add to the montage, and we're going to vote. You and Jacob will both have a vote on this, and if you're a consensus, then we'll add it or not add it. If it's a tie, then I'll put my input in, and, and we'll decide. So Jacob, the first sound bite. I can't wait to get home and fire up a cigar and have my dot Pepsi. So that is... I think a cult favorite now. It went crazy on Twitter, which is why I'm including it. Like 30 retweets, 200 likes. People love to fire up the cigar and drink the Diet Pepsi. He did go on to say, yes, I know we're a Pepsi school now. He kind of slipped up on that a couple times, but he corrected himself. So uh, just because people love it so much and because it's his weekly thing, it's kind of like his trademark line. Do we add that to the montage, Jay? You know, every uh, – I'm trying to think. Uh, every single – person has you know that that tries to brand themselves has it has a tagline right they have a tagline every single product right has a tagline that it has etsu's etsu tough for examples so there is a tagline so when you think randy sanders are you more likely to think cigar and dot pepsi or you're more likely to think of anything else he says and i know okay so the naked thing uh, grew its own wings. Big sure. boy football grew its – You I, love that one. Yeah, I do, and I think it will grow wings too. That but, leads off the montage. You should know how good it is. leads off the montage. So I, I think uh, I'm going to go with yes. I think it should be in there because if you think anything about Randy Sanders, I think that's the, the one consistent thing he's got going for him. Plus that also means, guess what, there's a win. Right. Jacob, back in studio, does that measure up? You've heard the other six or seven sound bites included in the montage. Does that measure up? Do we include it? No. I liked it better when he was going against the grain and saying that other product that we're not allowed to say because Ooh. he was going against everybody. I like the adversary in Randy Sanders. When he says Pepsi, I'm not a big fan of it. It's a no for me, Mike. Wow. Well, I'm a big fan of Pepsi because Pepsi is uh, fantastic, much better than Coke, always has been, always will be, um, at least for the foreseeable future. Uh, so, 
I'm going to go yes, because like you said, tagline, you need the thing that you hang your hat on, so that will be included in the montage. Let's go with number two, Jacob. Great bunch of guys. I love them. About to drive me crazy. <laughs> so that was in the uh, you can't repeat something. This was somebody I was considering using. It was about a minute, minute and a half long. You'll remember it very well from post game. He it was so positive about the win. We can tell it. He was kind of reeling it in a bit, Randy was, with the criticism. And he went on about a minute and a half diatribe basically saying – that while he loves the win, there's just things that guys are still doing just very wrong a lot of the time, and that he just can't seem to get him to do the same thing that they're doing in practice. There's one specific example. He said, yeah, wide receiver comes over the sideline. Uh, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, well, yeah. No, no, just do yeah, what you I, do in I practice. Thought, I thought I was going, no, don't think. Yeah, There's where no. the conversation should just stop. Just do what your coach to do. And that's something we're hearing a lot from Randy, too, is do what your coach to do. So I, 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 I'll hold off on my vote. But I think that that, now, you'll hear, I did jam those two together. He put a couple butts in there, but that was consecutively what he said, in case there's any worry about that. I just kind of took out the butt-butt, you know, that whole thing and make it sound good. So, Jay, a uh, great bunch of guys. I love them. About to drive me crazy. I think it's a good bite, but we're good, talking. Good, not great. But but we're talking worthy of the montage. Right. right? Yeah, I don't know if it's okay. worthy of the montage. I like it. I do like it. And I feel his pain yes. because I'm sitting here watching a quarterback <laughs> throw a ball where clearly the receiver is supposed to go. And a, re- a good example – uh, there was a, a fly route, and, and, and it was a read route where the, if if the cornerback is running with you, right, or behind you, you keep going. And for whatever reason, he stopped and came back right into the coverage, and Herring had already thrown the ball. We've seen it with Marshy. So I feel his pain on that, but I don't think it's montage worthy. Jacob. Yeah, I agree with Jay. Every coach in the country now is being critical of players after wins. Nick Saban's pawned that off on the Jimbo Fisher. It looks like Jimbo Fisher's pawned that off on to Randy Sanders. It's a very – it's a very active thing going on in college football today. No for me as well. Mine was going to be yes, but I'm outvoted, so that's okay. That will go by the wayside. Now, let's keep in mind here, we've got about, a, I'd say, a minute worth of sound bites. It's two and a half minutes, the song, the Goldberg theme, the GOAT, the GOAT Goldberg and the GOAT Randy Sanders in terms of um, his incredible quotes on the mic. So uh, we will add the uh, Diet Pepsi and cigar, and we will hold off on the great bunch of guys about to drive me crazy. Extra long first segment, I'd say well-deserved for the ETSU football team today. All right, anytime you beat Chattanooga, we'll Absolutely. as long as you want to. We'll step aside for a timeout when we come back. We'll recap. Uh, there were other sports that uh, played this weekend, a couple soccer, volleyball well. matches to go. We'll talk about the positives in ETSU athletics. We'll recap the weekend after this timeout. Sandos and Sidekick, don't forget to download us on SoundCloud and on iTunes. You can subscribe to the RSS feed to get the update as soon as the episode is uploaded. More of Sandos and the Sidekick on the Buccaneer Sports Network. Get ready to get your game on with the Tennessee Lottery and fill up your day with fun. Like when you need to upgrade the fun on that road trip. When you could use a little did I just win $50 fun. Woo, yeah! Or when you like to add a side of fun to that next snack. Mm, wow, that's good. Would you like some fun with that? Oh, well, yeah. Then play the Tennessee Lottery. And for just a dollar or two, you can get your game on. Please remember, play responsibly. Citizens Bank and our growing lending team are excited to support the game broadcasts of the ETSU Buccaneers. We are proud to provide a lineup of options that fit the needs of local businesses, whether it's an expansion loan, remote deposit service, SBA loan, or treasury management services. We can help your business grow. Visit our website or your local Citizens branch to speak with a qualified lender to learn more. From everyone at Citizens Bank, go Bucks! Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Looking to promote your business but don't know the best avenue? Stand out from the crowd and go big with billboards. We're Allison Outdoor, and we're the new guys in town. Whether it's digital or traditional billboards, our locations span the Tri-Cities. If you're looking for high exposure for a day, a year, or anything in between, we have rates and packages for you. Call Nick Stickley for pricing at 423-360-4809 or allisonoutdoor.com. And go Bucks! 
I feel like day after day it's all the same. I know there's more out there. I, I just can't reach out and grab it. <laughs> Does that sound crazy? Um, no, but I'm a butcher. Perhaps a nice seafood dinner would help? Oh, gosh, that sounds great. Excellent. I'll steam some shrimp for you. Really? No one's ever said that before. At Food City, our butchers can't solve your existential crisis, but they can offer a ton of other great services you won't find at most other grocery stores. Butchers make it better. Only at Food City. Today and every day, the Johnson City Way. Johnson City Hyundai is proud to support East Tennessee State Athletics. Excellence in education, teamwork and trust, success and understanding. They are the core values that drive the ETSU Athletics program to excellence. ETSU Athletics and Johnson City Honda, a winning combination. The Johnson City Way. Today and every day, Johnson City Honda is committed to bringing the Tri-Cities a truly unique way to buy a new Honda or a certified pre-owned Honda. It's a way of business we like to call the Johnson City Way. When you come to Johnson City Honda, you can have the confidence in knowing you're getting a great deal along with outstanding customer service that will last long after the sale. We invite you to come by today and shop our outstanding selection of vehicles and experience a different way, an easy way, our way, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, proud to support the ETSU Athletics Program. Today and every day, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, Johnson City. and the sidekick back with you another episode as we break down the week that was an ETSU athletic special from the weekend starting with Friday we'll talk about Saturday Sunday but it is a jam-packed schedule I think I, I'm going to start with Friday night volleyball for the simple reason that, that you had a marathon my friend on that game I'm not exaggerating. This isn't conjecture. This isn't to suck you in. I'm not going over the top. I, I literally think and it will sound like that. I literally think that was the best match in any sport I've ever seen, in person at least. Um, ETSU jumps out to a two sets to none lead, and then the third set, it was 27-25. So you go to extra points once in the first set, and then 25-20 ETSU wins the second. 36-34 in the third, and, and the match was over. Uh, ETSU was up 24-23. They had match point, set point, match point, and they were going to straight set another team. How many times have they done that this year? You and me both predicted that they would lose less than 10 sets the entire conference year. Unfortunately, that's, those predictions are looking a bit rough after Stanford stormed back and won three sets to two. But it's 24-23. ETSU looks like they have the match. It's over. Everyone in the stands is celebrating on what looks like the ball hitting the court before a pancake dig came in from one of Stanford's defenders. She gets her fingertips to it a Allegedly, keeps the ball alive. Elise Watford for Sanford comes back, and the lefty gets the kill cross court, and it's 24-24. And ETSU ends up fighting off a number of set points. Sanford does the same on the match. It was like ETSU was able to stave off losing a set 18 times when they were pressed to it, and Sanford was able to do that eight times. And so they win 36-34 in set three, does Sanford. Then in set four, 25-23, so another one that comes right down to the wire. And then keep in mind, in, in, in fifth sets, if you're new to volleyball, haven't really heard of you know volleyball collegiate rules before, it's a race to 15 in set five, but it ends up going 25-23 in the fifth set. And unfortunately, ETSU was shorthanded come that fifth set. Alyssa Cavard, I don't know if she was dehydrated, what exactly went on. I don't want to speculate, but she had to go to the bench a couple points into set five and looked just exhausted, drenched in sweat, trainer's hand on her back, and it was it was a horrible scene, and I'm glad that she was able to play the next day as ETSU avenged that loss to Sanford and went out and beat Chattanooga in straight sets. But they were without her. Mary Catherine Smith, who transferred in late in the summer, was pressed into duty. From Liberty, right? Yeah, well, and she just hasn't had um, – I'm sorry, not transferred in, pardon me. She was a freshman, signed late in the summer, mm -hmm. pardon me, So from Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Uh, so she comes in to replace Cavarta, their only other setter – on the roster and someone that just hasn't had the chance to work a lot with the hitters and you could tell things were kind of disjointed. Somehow ETSU still is able to get it to 25-23, unfortunately, that final result in set five. But, uh, Jay, one of the craziest, we went from about an hour, 15 minutes, if that call would have gone in favor of ETSU, to Sanford coming back, going to extra points two more times and it being like two hours and 51 minutes. And we're talking a full baseball game. We're talking uh, an hour. Well, and, and they changed the rules to get away from that because it used to be. Halftime's now. 
now five minutes instead of ten. But 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 even the side out. I mean, again, when I was in college, it was, yeah. it was the side out scoring. And sure. When I first got this job, it was still side out scoring. Mm-hmm. So you had to serve to get a point. So literally, the the games could go, you know, could get a couple hours to four hours. I mean, it was legitimate. Finally, it was like, look, there's no way we should have a college volleyball game or any volleyball game go. Five hours. So then they took uh, sort of a beach volleyball was the first to kind of go mm-hmm. with the, this uh, rally point scoring, as they call it, and, and do that. But I've always found the fifth set interesting because it is such a short uh, I love it. score, you know, 15. Yeah. I mean, it just depresses everything a little bit earlier. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could mentally go, well, it's already 10-10 or something, however you need to look at it. But I've always found that, they, that going shorter is different. But I still contend if you've never watched college volleyball – it can be some of the most exciting things you can witness in sports, and some of it is because everything's worth a point. I mean, everything's worth something, and because of something like a pancake or or somebody going in the stands to knock a ball back in. I mean, it's just – and then there's power. I think that's the, the ultimate thing people don't think sometimes as uh, women's sports to be powerful. And, and man – I mean, you, if you're courtside and you see a couple of the spikes and stuff that come flying in, or it's amazing to me sometimes how the back line can get digs. And not only digs, but, again, diving the ground, diving the right, just throwing it. And the most amazing thing is when they just kind of throw their arm out just to see if they can knock the ball up in the air. I've always enjoyed that, just somebody just giving up their body, flailing an arm, it pops up and then able to get the point. And, you know, the pancake is always tough. And the truth is volleyball I've never understood. You know, they have two officials, and then they get – Basically, two helpers. The flag people. The, yeah. the, the, the schools. It's still a conference tournament, but the schools pick the flag people, and they're not they're not trained officials, right? There's somebody you kind of say, okay, help us with here and there. But I've never understood why, and I'm sure it's money, but why they wouldn't go ahead and get you know two other officials like a, a soccer has for get two officials to to kind of help out and and try to help see things like that because you know there is no instant replay or anything like that. So, but uh, good to see volleyball did bounce back. Tough loss. Um, and amazing uh, for Sanford to go into a place and, and give them a little credit because they go into a place which is very, very tough to win. Well, give them a lot of credit because they've now beaten the top three teams in the conference, and their coach, uh, Keeler Chan, is from Northwestern. He was at Northwestern as a head coach for 15 years. He comes back down here, and after spending a year at Furman in, like, 1999, I think it was, and he's got this team on the right track, it, it's starting to look like there's not going to be any shame or, or anything at all, you know, negative with that loss to Sanford for ETSU come the end of the year because they look like they're playing really top volleyball, um, and so they did. They were able to bounce back, as you said, that 3 nothing win over Chattanooga, uh, and the Bucks just playing some exceptional volleyball, even shorthanded as they were in that uh, 3-2 loss to Sanford. Alyssa Cavarda comes back, 34 assists, 3 kills, 5 digs, 5 block assists as well. She plays at the net. She is really the quarterback of that team. They looked much more in rhythm, fluid. It's not that they necessarily didn't on – Friday night, and to be able to bounce back also, like 16 hours later, it was a 2 o'clock match because the ETSU football was playing yeah, at 7.30. And, I, and I, again, it comes down to money because the, the volleyball teams don't want to spend an extra night to play Friday, Sunday like a lot of leagues do. And the truth is the Southern Conference does have some drivable games, but that makes it very tough. Now, at least ETSU was at home, but think about they had a tough loss at, at Furman. They would have had to leave right after that, drive a couple hours to, to Chattanooga, you know, maybe getting to bed to midnight, and you get up early, you got an early afternoon game. I, I kind of wish they would go to the Friday-Sunday just because I think it would help as far as the the athletes are concerned. But, again, sometimes in, in these leagues it, it is about money, and you start adding an extra 10, 12 nights in hotel rooms for a lot of folks. That cuts into recruiting, cuts into operating. There's a lot of things that, that are hindered by that. But it is an impressive uh, you know, because sometimes a loss like that can linger, especially yeah. in the short time frame, but they were able to bounce back. Yeah, the Bucks hit 382, 448, and 312 in the three sets um, against Chattanooga. The day before, they had a set where they were in the negatives and hitting percentage, three sets that were under 150 aside from that negative set. So really kind of um, – I, I don't want to use the term not fluid, but I mean, it really just didn't flow, you know, on Friday night for either offense, really. It was one of those ugly, muck it up type games. But as you said, I mean, the power from each of those teams really did come through. At least Watford, someone for Sanford that really had struggled throughout the entire year efficiency wise, but she came up with all the big hits. And yeah, if you think that there's not power in women that, women's athletics, firstly, it's 21st century, you might want to snap out of that. And then get head over to Brooks Gym because the 400 people that were there allegedly on Friday night, it looked, to, it felt to me like about a thousand. Like they were 
were bringing the energy. There was a ton of noise. The players get so into it. There's an exceptional energy around the gym in collegiate volleyball and specifically at Brooks Gym. So ETSU is able to split their two matches this weekend. Women's soccer also played, Jay, and they're hot all of a sudden. They've outscored their last three opponents 9-1. to uh, Leanne Cutshaw with another clean sheet four saves as the defense did a good job in being able to limit the number of shots that she did have to face, but uh, she's won three in a row, as have the Bucks. The only goal that they gave up was to Wofford late with Haley Young in her tonight. They have King. That's over at Summers Taylor Stadium. It's a Division Two. King has really struggled over the past couple of years, uh, in addition to being a level below ETSU. They've just struggled generally to win some games. They've only won three games the last two years, so should be a good way to start homecoming weekend. They're playing their best soccer right now. We've talked about it a bit on previous shows. Rachel Harbin Sarah Connolly, Eleonora Goldoni up front are really doing an exceptional job. It seems like they're really working well off each other as Harbin and Connolly come off the wings and Goldoni's there as the center forward. Uh, and you can't say enough about the defense as well. While Leanne Cutshall is being pressed into duty a, a decent amount, especially against Furman and against Wofford, you saw the defense able to put the clamps down against Western Carolina, get another good win, and they're just one point behind in the Southern Conference, and that's having played one less match than the team on top of the league. So uh, the Bucks and Adam Sayers really doing an exceptional job as well. Head out to Summers Taylor Stadium tonight. Yeah, and I think that's uh, that's very important. Sort of, you know, again, as you said, they got all the people back. The pieces starting to come together. Healthy. They have a lot of seniors, so you kind of, or at least I kind of felt like it was a matter of time uh, to see just because of the slow start. But it's different. You know, you get soccer and, and because of international play and some other things, that means you're bringing in the right athletes. But the problem is sometimes that can hinder you gotta have season. Depth. Yeah, you got to have sure. depth. So, yeah. uh, good to see them go. Be curious to see if they can keep the ball rolling again tonight, and I would imagine they would. Yeah, and the issue with early in the year, I mean, they started the year 1-7, and seven, obviously not how they were hoping the results would go early on, but, I mean, you played number 9 Tennessee. You know, you played Virginia Tech, and there were those all kind of crazy situations where there were a couple of lockdowns on game days at different campuses that ETSU was on, and the, series, the season opener officials didn't show up until, like, you know, an hour after they were supposed to, and so that game got delayed. And so, like you said, I mean, everyone's starting to work well off each other. They're starting to really get back to being able to uh, have that chemistry on the pitch and know where the other's going to be, see things a couple steps ahead of where they happen because last year they didn't get the chance because everybody seemed to be hurt. Uh, Pauline Vienne was on international duty. Eleonora Goldoni was on international duty earlier this year. But with those weird situations on the back burner now, everybody healthy and the ball seeming to find everyone at the right time and the play just being elevated because everyone – does know uh, the other player's style of play better. Um, it just seems like they're really headed in the right direction, 3-0 at the Southern Conference. Well, and I think that's uh, it's good to see because with such a laden team, there were high expectations yeah. for the squad, and uh, we're always a little partial to uh, people that would get a chance to work with that are students, and I think uh, Rachel Harbin, uh, you know, the first couple years really wasn't playing sort of that, for, more of a midfielder center mid, I guess, and, and now they're getting her over the top. And I'll tell you what, she, I think Coach Sayers gave me the best description of Rachel. I was like, man, she's just so fast. And he said, well, she should be. She's one big – she said, uh, one big muscle, mate. And uh, and that's a good way to describe Rachel. And it's amazing what speed in any sport will do for you. But to see the, the ladies know that they can just lay one out there and then let Rachel basically take the goal and then create, right, and, and those odd number – matchups and it's just amazing because a lot of times you're fast you could be fast without the ball it's amazing to me how fast she is with the ball yeah and be able to create and and had some trouble i think earlier this year because people could really just focus on her again talk about people coming back yep. you just can't say okay we're, we're, we're going to run some traps and things to to hurt the one player over the top now you add in a, a second track just like basketball right you got one score well guess what it's a little easier to handle the one score you get a couple complimentary people that can score or create now it's a little more difficult right or a wide receiver if you can double team one nobody else making a play but once you start getting more people to make a play it's dangerous i kind of feel like that's what it is I wish there was like an Olympics of women's soccer in terms of like just not soccer related items, just like races and strength competitions, things like that. Rachel Harbin, I believe, would win any 50, 60, 40 yard dash, whatever. She always looks to me like the fastest player in the conference. And while she's maybe a bit more slight at 5'2, 5'3, uh, I mean, she she knows exactly how to use her body on the ball as well. That's something that gets underrated. Just has a, a good feel for being on the pitch, as she should as a senior, but also just does an exceptional job crossing the ball. Like you said, I mean, it's kind of easy to just run in a straight line, right? People can run in a straight line and be fast, but when you're having to coordinate running with lining up what you need to do with whipping the ball into your complementary pieces, it can be a lot tougher. Rachel Harbin's a master of it.
uh, unbelievable. It's fun to watch her. I'll tell you the other thing was it, it um, just how smart she is too. So I talked to her about that. The 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 goal was it Furman, the goal against Furman where the goalkeeper was just trying to make a pass out. And she she kind of knocked uh, it down. Right, knocked down. Incredible and, play. And, and I said. You know, were you just kind of right spot race? She goes, no, I watched the game with with Western Carolina, the previous game, and she had made uh, a worse pass than wow. that. So I kind of knew that was where she may go with the ball. Wow. So she even did a little film study. Scouting. Right? Scouting. A little film study and said, hey. Put the work in. And then it was kind of funny because she said, yeah, that was a rough week for the goalie <laughs> because the goalie had given up two, two goals basically the same way, which is just, you know, kind of blindly making a pass without seeing who's there and, uh, a player for Western and obviously Rachel Harper for ETSU. So that's the thing that impressed me too. Uh, somebody that's a senior, understands the game, knows what they're supposed to do, knows how to create space, opportunities for people, uh, uses her uh, God-gifted ability to be fast and, and what to do. So very excited for women's soccer and, and to see if they can keep this momentum going. So homecoming week, you've got King tonight here against women's soccer at Summers Taylor Stadium. Then on Wednesday, the ETSU men's soccer team at Summers Taylor Stadium takes on Marshall. That should be a good match. And then volleyball on Friday is home against Wofford after traveling to UNCG on Wednesday. And then, of course, the homecoming football game, 330 Gardner Webb, full week. Huge week for ETSU Athletics. There's a homecoming parade Friday, so don't forget to do that. Uh, as soon as that parade ends, you can go over to Brooks Gym and watch the volleyball match. That's timed out pretty well this year. So exciting week. It always is for homecoming. Uh, ETSU football 4-1, and one, and we'll talk more about that uh, as the week goes along as they get ready for Gardner-Webb and try to make up for a defeat. The first year of ETSU football back in 2015 was the first matchup between Gardner-Webb and ETSU, I think. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was 28-3. Bucks dropped that contest. We'll step aside for a timeout. When we come back, we have uh, pros versus Jays. So we'll have that for you, the Sandos and the Sidekick. Don't forget to download the SoundCloud and on iTunes. Subscribe to the RSS feed. More Sandos and Sidekick after this on the Buccaneers Force Network. Nice Wonger Children's Hospital is proud to be the only hospital in the region dedicated to serving kids, teens, and their families. With over 20 subspecialists in pediatric medicine, as well as access to the Level 1 Trauma Center at Johnson City Medical Center, we are committed to providing hope and healing to you and your family. To learn more, visit NiceWongerChildrens.org. That's NiceWongerChildrens.org. The Carnegie Hotel is Johnson City's only AAA four-diamond property that is unique, tranquil, and brimming with character, just adjacent to East Tennessee State University. When it's time to dine, Wellington's restaurant in the Carnegie Hotel is the place to be, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner in grand style. And why not come indulge yourself at Austin Springs Spa, located right inside the Carnegie Hotel. East Tennessee's premier full-service spa provides everything you need to rejuvenate, revive, and renew. The Carnegie Hotel, 16 State of Franklin Road in Johnson City. Here's the deal. At Wendy's, every hamburger is made with fresh, never frozen beef. Now here's the big deal. You can get a Dave's Double with a half pound of hot and juicy beef, along with small fries and a drink for just $5 when you download the Wendy's app. And the real deal? That's a whole lot of delicious Wendy's food for just $5. Download the app today. Fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada participating Wendy's for a limited time. Mulligan Hardwood Flooring is a beautiful addition to any room. Enjoy the luxury of hardwood flooring in your home with Mulligan's pre-finished, sold, or engineered, ready-to-install selection of beautiful hardwood flooring and a wide variety of domestic and exotic species. Please visit the following Johnson City locations to learn more. Dockery's Floor Covering, House of Paneling, Carpet and Door Mart, and K&M Flooring. Kingsport locations include Dalton Direct Carpets, Custom Floors by Carlin, El Providence Flooring and Paint. Visit the Smile Floor Service in Bristol. Trust the clear leader in quality hardwood flooring, Mulligan Flooring. Bucks fans and football fans across the country can now design their dream home during pregame or halftime. The new My Designs app by General Shale lets you create custom projects right from your phone or tablet. Choose from 10 home and building structures designed with over 50 popular brick and stone colors. You can even share your designs with friends. Download the My Designs app by General Shale on the App Store or visit MyDesignsApp.com to design your dream project today. General Shale, a proud supporter of ETSU Athletics. New coach, new era, new day. 
Here from ETSU football headman Randy Sanders, all fall on the ETSU Coaches Show now on Wednesday nights. If you're scared by all the change, don't be. Voice of the Bucks, Jay Sando, still host from Wild Wing Cafe, and it's still a 6 o'clock start now every Wednesday throughout the football season. Morristown native and new ETSU football head coach Randy Sanders on the ETSU Coaches Show right here on WXSM AM 640, the extreme sports monster. Pros. Buckle up for Kobe Kobe Bryant just sucked the gravity out of the target center. What a pass. seen anything like that. In the deep left center from Mitchell. And we'll see you tomorrow. High fly ball into right field. She is gone. In a year that has been so improbable, the impossible has happened. Edmonds hit 42 home runs during the regular season. Versus Jays? I need a shower. So unfair. So unfair. All the calls, the great calls. Here we go with that. Oh, what great calls? That's fair. I'm assuming that. <laughs> that's the that's the call to make. So Santos and Sidekick Pros versus Jays. Mike Gallagher, go. So Usually we have audio for this, but I think it's fitting that there is no audio to be had in the segment of Pros vs. Jays because the play-by-play crew, the broadcasters at the West Virginia-Texas Tech game, had booth microphone issues where they went silent. Awful announcing says for several minutes. Now, I was not watching that game, but they do have some screen caps, and it really illustrates the point, Jay, of just how important, if you go to awfulannouncing.com, you'll see that the West Virginia-Texas Tech uh, issue, I guess, technical issue that they had is like front and center on the page. You just click on it, those screen caps. They've got a good two, three minutes of just game action without broadcasters being on air. Um, I'm wondering, Jay, if you've ever had that issue, how you dealt with it, because Anish Shroff, who is the play-by-play man, I think he handled it very well. I mean, I don't know how else you can handle it. He came back from break and basically said, sorry about that, folks, we're having technical difficulties. But basically, the booth mics went out. Now, since I've been here, that has never happened with you. We have lost the transmission a couple of times from our little internet unit that we use to do play-by-play from uh, and connect to the studio for mobile broadcasts when we're on the road, when we're here at William B. Green Jr. Stadium, just to pull the curtain back a little bit and show you how that works. But never have I heard just Mike suddenly go out. Now, on the coaches show a couple of times this year, I think you have like a bad cable or something. That's just happened very briefly for like a second, and it's completely unnoticeable unless you're listening for it. But for that to happen on a major broadcast for the worldwide leader in sports ESPN, very rare and gave a glimpse into what sports would be like without broadcasters, plus uh, showed that ESPN, while we've seen a number of technical gaffes recently as they've kind of cut costs and there's been some noticeable ones, that's one of the biggest ones that I've seen and just felt kind of awkward when I was listening to it. I'm trying to think. I think the worst one was actually, and I've not had a full mic go out because I usually carry a backup. So if it's happened... And I, uh, there is a bad cable on one of these mics. Uh, actually, I think it's the headset I'm wearing now, but I know where the short is, so it's I usually can fix it pretty quick. Yes. I've had a mixer die on me uh, and had to kind of uh, just take um, the microphone. Basically, we run a mixer into a Kodak unit. I don't want to get too technical, mm-hmm. but I, I was able just to plug straight in the Kodak unit and uh, didn't give me all the things I would normally do for a broadcast. The, the most interesting broadcast, I'll say, was uh, actually, a, a not shocking, a high school game. We went to, um, I guess it was late uh, 90s, and we went to uh, Grundy, Virginia, Jacob Townsend is very familiar with, and we're doing a game, Tennessee High versus Grundy, uh, Virginia. And we get there, and this is the old days of the bag cell phone was how you did your broadcast. Wow. Well, the problem was the carrier wasn't in Grundy, Virginia. So we get there, and uh, they didn't have a spot for us in the press box, and there was no room on the roof, so we had to go in the corner of the end zone. Oh, they, wow. And, and it was totally enclosed up. And so on top of that, then the cell phone didn't work. So my color <laughs> analyst was a guy by the name of Ed Bricker, and he had the old flip phone. 
and he was like, hey, I can call out. I'm like, yeah, but your bat. I mean, it's, you know, the old days, a couple hours of batteries yeah. were all you had. He said, well, well, I've got a backup battery and a wall charger, so we'll just keep changing batteries. So <laughs> oh, we, we would literally have the flip phone open in between us, and we'll talk into the flip phone. Oh, amazing. And, and, and just hand it back and forth, and then uh, and then the, the one battery started dying, so then we switched out, and we switched out, and then the game was ugly enough that it really didn't matter, but we basically ended the broadcast uh, start of the fourth quarter, and was like, all right, that'll do it. We're heading home. No, no battery left. Wow. So that was, the, that was the most interesting uh, high school broadcast, most interesting uh, college broadcast was with, as you mentioned, with the tie line unit, our codec had actually – uh, schools were trying to put in uh, a lot of voice over IP, a lot of things, and so uh, it, they wouldn't give you a straight internet line, and so it wouldn't connect, so it kept dropping. Mm-hmm. And so then I actually, and this is no lie, I took a, a big rubber band, put a cell phone on one ear, used my headset to kind of clip to the one ear, and I dialed in on the cell phone. Man. Uh, similar to what happened uh, to Furman a few years ago, Although we eventually corrected that, and and so it didn't. But I, I actually did a game where, as the one unit would kick in, it would be crystal clear on the, on the, the internet, and then when it would drop, the guys would just slide up the phone, and then it would sound like pong, right? right. Like like an old right. Atari style. If you would just you know you go from the uh, whatever the newest uh, Xbox jobby thing is now to uh, Atari, and that's what it was kind of like, and they, and they would just slide up and down. And then they knew that the Internet would cut back in because all of a sudden they would leave it up, so it starts on crystal clear, be a little feedback, and they would just turn the, the, the mic off. So I've had that, and it's, it's and in college it, it's usually not that much, but there are plenty of horror stories out there uh, in high school. In minor league oh, yeah. baseball, I've got some good yeah. ones too, but not enough time to go over all of those, but that, that's, that's about it. I think point for Jay on that. I don't think Anish Shroff is having to go down there and fix anything himself or do anything in the studio. He, he's got a pretty cushy gig at ESPN. That's the thing. You work your way up that high, you're really just having to focus on calling the game. It's, it's not too bad. We'll step aside for a timeout. When we come back, it's the ever-popular bold predictions. Bold. What I got right, what Mike got wrong. We'll talk about that on the other side of this on Sanderson, the sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Let Ferguson's knowledgeable product experts kick off your next kitchen or bath project with the latest in touch and hands-free faucets. High-performance gas ranges. Or low-decibel dishwashers. They're really quiet. Request your appointment today at fergusonshowrooms.com. The best decision ever. Visit your local Ferguson showroom at 1000 Quality Circle in Johnson City and choose from an extensive lighting collection of the most sought-after brands. Find the one-of-a-kind fit for your home at Ferguson. Purchasing a new home, remodeling your home, First Bank and Trust makes applying for a loan easy. Our online application process is designed to allow you to stop anytime and pick up where you left off when it works for you. And after you submit an online application, you can check your loan status anytime. Visit or call me, Rose Fulton, today for help with your purchase, refinance, construction, or home loan. We're there for all your mortgage needs because we're your bank for life. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. This is the Pepsi that your father drank and your grandfather drank. When I was your age, we were. This is the Pepsi that your Uncle Ted drank when rock sounded like this. This is the Pepsi for American pastimes. Whether you're tailgating at a speedway or courtside watching your favorite player make a breakaway, he scores! This is the Pepsi for those who are forever fun. This is the Pepsi for every generation. Known for its personalized service and friendliness, the environment at the Johnson City Country Club is comfortable, casual, and inviting. One of the greatest assets is the beautiful clubhouse. From the sweeping verandas, the fireplace in the massive ballroom, to our intimate private dining rooms to our 19th hole, the clubhouse accommodates all desires. For decades, the Johnson City Country Club has been host to numerous wedding receptions, business meetings, golf outings, and an array of social functions. The setting is ideal for any event in any season. Whether your function is large or small, your guests will enjoy a fine dining experience with professional, courteous attention. The Johnson City Country Club, a tradition since 19. 19- no one knows better than the Bucks what it takes to compete on the college level. No one knows better than Bullseye what it takes to compete in the business market. At Bullseye, we provide innovative products and services to help our customers meet their business objectives, and you can count on us for graphic design, printing, mailing services, and much more. Bullseye, a preferred partner of the ETSU Athletic Department. Call Bullseye in Johnson City at 423-283-7772 or visit us on Hanover Road near Cheddar's. Bullseye. For all your printing needs. 
LeBron is a Laker. Four-year, $154 million, a max deal. I'm ecstatic. I think it was the right situation, the right call for him to make. He wasn't going to get anything accomplished in Cleveland. That was obvious. ESPN has announced the network's new broadcast team for the 49th season of Monday Night Football. Former Dallas Cowboys tight end Jason Witten, who recently announced his retirement after a 15-year pro career, will immediately jump into the analyst role. LeVar Ball's big baller brand has gotten an F rating from the Better Business Bureau. The Browns dropped the ball all year long. Unfortunately, a team, a coach, an organization, not good enough to earn one win. The only win in the last two years came on Christmas Eve. Now here we are on New Year's Eve talking about a team that will go down as one of the worst in NFL history. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. A simple wrong would have done just fine. How about them finding a way to lose again? Another new incredible way the Browns to lose 45-42 to Oakland. A overturned third down that was given to Cleveland at the end of regulation, overturned, even though there was no conclusive evidence whatsoever. There was no angle that showed Carlos Hyde was down. And, of course, we know there is the rest. They get to overtime. and Oh, well, David Carr still had to go down the field, get the two. That wasn't even the craziest finish. The craziest finish of the thing was the Colts. Fourth down. Oh. Could have punted. Did you like him after? Did you like him after? We don't play for ties. I love it. I did kind of like that. I like it, Frank. Frank Wright, and and I was sitting there thinking that I guess we did four downs right with Trey, and he was just a couple weeks off from when he said we go have another tie. Yeah, right. And I was sitting there watching the game, and I thought, boy, it is. It, it's going to end in a tie, and and they went for him. For the similar to the Titans, Titans had a chance to kick a game tying field goal. Brable went for it, and then fourth and two, <laughs> wasn't it? Fourth and two, yep. he said, "No, we're going to go ahead and go for it." Well, Got Deion it. Lewis in the a, flat. Yep. Throw, and of course, horrendous defense from Philadelphia on that last. Uh, Corey Davis over the middle, one on one against Corey Davis. Yeah. I mean, he's a physical freak. Yeah. Nine for one sixty one to score. They deserved to win it's that the game. One Philadelphia. Thing I enjoy. It's what I try to explain people, but because I, I like pro sports and I love college sports, but I like pro sports, and a lot of people don't like pro sports. Always argue with me about stuff. I'm like, yeah. I said, well, so and so and so. I said, yeah, they're pros. I said, they're, like even Major League Baseball, the Sox that won 100 games or whatever, 150 games. I said they still have to win four three games, right? I mean, NBA teams still have to win at the buzzer against last place teams. I said, you know, very rarely is Alabama taking on Louisiana Monroe or Lafayette, whoever they played this weekend. Now Oklahoma played Army, so there are some rare exceptions in Penn State, App State, but for the most part, you're going to get six or seven blowouts on the schedule for high level teams. Uh, now, for teams that are always hovering around 500 and stuff, maybe not. But uh, it was a fun, exciting weekend. And, yes, the Browns did uh, invent yet a new way. That's, that's sort of the thing I've been going with them. They invent new ways to lose, and they did again. And for the Raiders and Johnny Gruden, he gets his first W. Here's my only contribution to Bold Predictions recap today on this Monday. Shame on you and shame on Jacob Towns because I went down to studio on Friday afternoon after you said that you predicted three defensive touchdowns from did, Miami did, on Thursday predict, night. I, I look in the phone and the ding I heard on air at 11.15 on Friday right before the route tree with Austin Herrick was you texting Jacob saying, no. tell Mike that I did the three defensive touchdowns. He's going to be beside himself. You won't believe it. Say it was one of my bold predictions. How am I – why am I not surprised? You too, of course. How am I – supposed to function in bold predictions when I am being ganged up on by the other two people on this show. There's no way for me to succeed. Jacob, shame on you. Jay, shame Boo on you. Boo-hoo. Boo-hoo? You're a cheater, Jacob. Jacob. You're a cheater. That was Jacob's mom. That's what he said. It was Jacob's mom's text. I don't know what you're talking I, I don't know. My, my, somehow my phone is broke. I have a new phone. Own up to it. And, Be a uh, man. Own up to it. You're a man. You're 40. Own up to it. <laughs> 41. That's fine. Jacob. I'm a man. Jacob. I'm 21. What so, are you going to do? Oh, what no. are you going to do about this? So, there, there has to be some kind of retribution, some reprieve. Does that mean my uh, Pat Mahomes pick comes into play now? Yeah, I think so. We'll that was my bonus pick. All right. I gave a bonus okay. pick. That's tonight. Just because you knew I might find that's out. Tonight. Of course. I mean, in fairness, I thought you'd figure it out when you heard the ding, but you couldn't. So that's well, uh, I'm not that's that, I'm not that's that bright. Okay, right. so that's voided. All right, great. So we void we void one of my I don't even want to go over mine. I don't even want to go over my picks. Sure, let's you go both were that. horrid. Okay, let's just do <laughs> hey. To be fair, I was close on Jacob Sailors. No, you weren't. Yeah, I was. 82 yeah. yards off. 82. Uh, yeah, no, that's I, close. I, yeah, oh, was it, did he end up with 87? 87. You said he would get 100. He ended up with 87. Jay, you, you said ETSU wouldn't turn over the ball any. They turned it over once. You're both wrong. 
Uh, I, I, I actually take some – I think Jacob Saylor should have touched the ball more. Now, I'm not the coach. It doesn't really matter what I think. But he was absolutely fantastic in the running game, 7 for 51, and then had the uh, two catches for 18, and then the kickoff return as well. So uh, Anyway, so we got one more of your bowl predictions tonight. One bowl prediction, we, we, we stunk at all the rest. So. Yuck. Yeah, yeah. Not a one ride all weekend. Not yeah. one. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Well, I'll make it one. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Had to go with Pat Mahomes. So that'll do it for uh, Santa Psyche. We got a little long in our first segment, which was a good one. I thought recapping ETSU and Chattanooga. Jacob will be back with us on Friday as we do more bold predictions. Tomorrow, we're efforting the play-by-play man for Gardner-Webb. Fabian Fuentes, good buddy of mine, has been doing Gardner-Webb for over 20 years now. So we'll try to talk to him later in the week. We'll talk to Coach McCray, the head coach of Gardner-Webb as well. Don't forget, Santa's in the sidekick on SoundCloud and on iTunes. You subscribe, use the RSS feed. We'll be back with Tuesday's episode tomorrow on Sandos and the Sidekick. This has been a production of the Buccaneer Sports Network.